Coming up on today's show, we talk with Ty Williams, Racetrack Promotions and General Racing News. Let's go. The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. BA's in the house. Josh Harris with me once again. Josh, it's been a long week, but uh, we're here doing the podcast. How was your week? It was definitely an adventure week, that was for sure. Seeing all this racing going on, it's been a blast. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm assuming you caught up a lot of stuff on streaming. I actually went out to Eagle Raceway. We're going to talk about that later on in the episode. Um, Lots of racing going on this weekend. We're going to bring that up. We're talking with Ty Williams. He won the big 305 race out there at I-70, the uh, URSS 305 Nationals over the weekend. Kind of a redemption race for him, for, so we're going to hear from him. And uh, I don't know about you, but... Uh, Guess who's back, 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 back again. Back, back, I'd be racing's back, back, baby. Brad Brown is in the house joining us. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> big time. And welcome back to the show, Brad. Good to be back. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I... Took the uh, hiatus that I did. I I didn't. I don't know. I don't have a good reason. But uh, last week I was listening to you guys' podcasts, and I told my wife that uh, uh, it made it's it's uh, it's caused a it caused a little scratch, and I had to itch it. So uh, kind of like when your balls itch, be, you got to you got to take care of that <laughs> right man, away. You got to itch it. So I'm back and uh, excited to do a, to do a podcast with you two guys. Yeah. I, I definitely say that Brad is what inspired me to do podcasting. That's for <laughs> sure. Because, I mean, his lists are amazing. Big so notes guy. I know. Big notes guy. I, I don't think I compare. Got to take notes. <laughs> so uh, you want to do this full time or what, what do you want to do? Because you're obviously welcome anytime you want to do it. Oh, yeah. See, that's. I'm still and we're putting, there. On, we're putting you on the spot right now. or every other week? I, I don't know. Uh, um, the the question I, is, can he travel out to Hickman? You know, that was that's quite the haul. Five and a half dollar diesel. I had to fill up just to get out of here. You need to get yourself a little Ford Fiesta compact car. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm fortunate I can afford the five dollars and fifty cent diesel, so uh, um, that's not an issue. So I know you brought a list. Josh brought a list. As always, I had no list. Brandon just shows up. I just show up. I push buttons and I uh, run my mouth. That's what I do best. <laughs> but uh, let's just jump off and let's uh, talk about World Outlaws real quick. Um, both of you guys' favorite drivers on fire right now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jack Hodenchild, man, he is the Jack, man. Or not Jack. Son, oh, Sheldon. Sheldon, sorry. Sheldon. Sheldon, he is I the man. I remember my first race. <laughs> <laughs> he's won, what, three out of the last five, and he's finished second in one of the other ones, but he was still top five. I mean, the guy is on fire. He runs the top just like his dad did, but he is amazing. You can just sit and watch him all race. You know he's going to come to the front eventually. But the question is, is he going to stay there? Because uh, that consistency thing is uh, a big topic with him. Um, but it shows he's he's finishing races. He won three out of the last five, finished in top five on those out of those five. So he's finishing those races, so those consistency things are, are getting better. Well, he's not tearing stuff up. That was the big key is he was pushing limits so hard that he would just tear it up. He'd either win top five or just 
it wouldn't even come home. Winner where it. He's only 34 points out of the lead. Uh, Brad Sweet has the points lead, and he's only 34 out. And, and there's been a couple times uh, uh, he I saw him being interviewed about his California swing earlier in the year, and he struggled pretty bad with the California swing. He was not happy with it. So uh, if he if he has an average California swing, he just might be uh, leading the points right now. But but Brad Sweet hasn't caught on fire yet. So uh, But I, I love Sheldon Hodenschild. He, he drives just like his dad. But I think he's learning more and more. To, he's got to finish races if he's going to try to contend for a championship. Yeah, definitely. If we learn anything that you have to finish these races to be a top contender in these uh, championship yep. runs. And he's still one of the most exciting drivers out there. And uh, uh, what he did at Lawrenceburg on uh, whenever they ran Monday. Monday night? Yeah, I, I think, think it was. was Monday. It was, mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. That race between him and Larson, holy yeah. shit. Even though that was about three laps, it was uh, – I mean, the whole race was – Crazy! Uh, it was just amazing. You got to feel for Brock Zierfoss a little bit too. I mean, oh, he starts, I thought he, he had starts a up chance. on the pole, and ugh, yeah. that wall bites. He back. was on. He was flying though. It wasn't like he, he was. wasn't going slow. He he had the lead and just hit the wall. I mean, yeah, there was that hole in two, and some of them bounced through it. I think it bit Craig Kinzer as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, but a lot of them figured out how to bounce through it and just keep going. Oh, yeah, definitely. And speaking of uh, Craig Craig Kinzer getting bitten. Uh, Josh, you mentioned this earlier that uh, the uh, the amount of camaraderie between the uh, these crews out there you don't you don't really realize it. It's not like you see NASCAR guys helping each other out. It's not Days of Thunder. It's not advertised. You don't have those guys jumping over the wall pushing us because it's some dude's motor in his car. Um, but all these guys helping each other out to get back on the racetrack. I mean, yeah, you want to beat each other on the racetrack, but you want them on the racetrack so you can beat them. Well, definitely. I mean, you watch the race. Craig wrecks, and then he comes in the pits, and it's seven or eight different teams helping him out on top of that craig gets out of the car and has helped lifting the front end to get the front end out i mean that's the amazing thing about this sport is everyone's there to help everybody yeah and if you look at teams like craig hensers and jason zeitz it's it's them and one other guy helping them yeah right they don't have these uh tire specialists they don't have a fuel guy they don't have my shock guy they have me the driver and a guy who can uh maybe put fuel in it Oh, yeah. I mean, even Kyle Larson. It's really just Kyle Larson, Paul Silva, and maybe one other guy, and that's it. But, you know, if you watch the races and there's these these crashes, some some teams don't get much help at all. So it kind of depends on who you are as well. So, uh, But for the most part, uh, there's almost too many people helping each other out, and it, it becomes counterproductive. But how quickly uh, – was it sweet that changed that front end? How quickly they did that. Yeah. That was amazing. How yeah. it just went in and out and it was, they were pushed off again. Yeah. Sometimes there are going to be too many, uh, too many hands in the way and you're not getting stuff done. It's actually hindering you a little bit. Well, I can't remember. It was even when Craig's car, you had people doing the front end, you had people pulling the top wing yeah. off. I mean, it was just like everybody was everywhere. You didn't know who was who. And that's why I would just definitely stay out of the way because I would be no help whatsoever. Yeah. You'd be the guy taking the pictures, right? I don't even know if I could do that <laughs> properly. You know, years ago, um, I don't even know how old I was, but I was still in high school. We were really good friends with this uh, uh, guy named Bones Brochure. I think it was his last name. but He went by Bones. Everybody knew him as Bones. Uh, a Britain, B-R-I-E-T-N. Anyway, uh, him and Joey McCarthy were at Knoxville, and they raced, and they finished seventh or something like that. Well, the next day, we followed him over to Boone, Iowa, and they raced. Well, he, he f- um, flipped early in his feature, and 
it was only those two. It was Joey McCarthy and Bones. Well, my dad being a mechanic and us kids, we helped him. And it was amazing how quickly we, we got the car fixed. And I remember one time we were, we were looking at see what's going on. And, and I saw that the shock was broke on, on one of those corners. And, and Bones says, go get the shock bracket. And it just so happens that earlier that day, I helped clean out the trailer. So I knew where the shock brackets were. So I ran across, grabbed one, and come back and put it on. Pratt and comes back with a crescent wrench. Then, <laughs> got it. I got it, guys. <laughs> and then I, I saw that there was mud um, in between the rim and the tire. And so I ran and got a tire. It was, we thrashed. But uh, he ended up coming back and finishing fifth or sixth or something it was it was amazing how much uh adrenaline was pumping at that day it was it was pretty cool and then experience. the fact that he finishes well that's yeah. gotta be a, it's like, like a, a notch a, in your belt yeah 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 i was kind of the crew chief that day oh no. not a see big that's deal. why brad knew everything that was wrong with it yeah. <laughs> yeah. here's what i did wrong here's well, i better fix the it. trailer out and i didn't put that wrench in <laughs> <laughs> whoopsies so uh we kind of recapped lawrenceburg a little bit brad did you have more on that race or did you uh well, I think what cost Kyle Larson, first of all, Kyle Larson had Sheldon passed when the yellow came out. Uh, and then on the restart, uh, Logan Schuchart went into one and just made a bonsai slide job. And Larson had to check up. Otherwise, there was going to be big contact. And that took all of his momentum away, and that allowed Sheldon to get out in front. And there was no looking back after that. But it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Schuchart would not have slid Larson or else a clean slide, and Larson would not have had to check up and see what uh, what the last two laps would have done. I definitely think Larson would have slid Hodenchild coming in yeah. or going into three. I mean, no, without doubt, because he would have had a head of steam coming at him. Yeah. Definitely. And what is it about these Indiana tracks? You got Lawrenceburg, you got Kokomo that put on the best races with these outlaws. I've been to Lawrenceburg twice, and one was non-wing, and one was the outlaws, and and it was amazing what they what they do at that little track. And 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 for as small as that track is, and as fast as they go, you, you don't really see any any contact between cars, and it just it's impressive. And I've been to Bloomington uh, about two years ago, and they had a non-wing race, and that was cool as hell as well. It just uh, I don't know. Indiana needs a few more wing sprint car races there. Is there a pretty good draw for a crowd too then? You know, at Bloomington, the bleachers were so horrible that everybody had to bring your own lawn chairs. Oh, man. But the place was packed with people, and, and they only had like three cl- um, three classes of cars. That's the way to do but, it. Uh, it, was, it was really cool. It was, uh, I always like to see a new racetrack every year, and that was my new one that year, and it was, it was worth, worth the That'd trip up there. Yeah, definitely. So moving on, the All-Stars, uh, kind of breaking news coming out of today that uh, – KTJ, Kevin Thomas Jr. and and Snow Racing kind of parted ways. Uh, I did not read the press release, but it just sounds like the results weren't there. And as another one of those wing guys that want to go all star racing and wing racing, and just not not quite Tyler Courtney status yet. Well, I think Tyler Courtney gets a leash. You know, what I mean, like when he started, you knew the talent is there. KTJ, you know, it he's good. Hell of a hell of a wingless guy. Hell oh, of a yeah. hedge driver. But he's not a can. Courtney, when he came out to Knoxville that year before he started doing all this, you could see he he was a little wild, but you could see as the Nationals went on, he got better. I mean, that's the thing is you at least need to show that you're you're showing the talent of doing it. Um, and I just feel like he didn't. You never hear about him until you hear something like this. I think you got to surround yourself with the right people. Courtney has the right people around him. He's been with they, he's been with that group of guys for yeah. forever. Yeah. They know how to set up the cars. They know how to work on the cars. They know, um, and they're familiar with each other. I'm not familiar with KTJ's outfit and snow racing, but uh, um, 
I've got to believe that that KTJ was kind of trying to run in foreign waters and not understand the I don't know the full setup the the cars the talent of the all stars uh, and it was just a a big step for him and and I don't know if he has the right people around him or not but uh, something's not working there and so uh, whether KTJ decided to abandon ship or snow racing uh, the press release made it sound like it was a mutual deal but uh, they always uh, make it sound like yeah, a mutual sure deal but, no, it was but, nobody's uh, fault. KTJ is looking for op- opportunities in the All Stars, and I don't know who's going to grab him. He's a great non-winger, but uh, he hasn't shown promise yet in the wings, and so there's not a lot of cars out there. I mean, Ian Madsen's proven to be a good wing guy, and he's struggling to find. Yeah, he's a still good ride. Hunting, so, hunt, hunting for a ride. Yeah. You know, a guy that's really done well that we're seeing on the TV, like Buddy Kofoy. Yeah. The kid can jump in anything. He's almost like a a younger version of Larson, and just just needs the laps, and he. He he literally gets in a sprint car and he's competitive. Yep. You don't hear that with KTJ, you know. Well, they all those type of guys get to sit in the best equipment out there. Uh, KTJ and I have no idea about snow. Snow racing could have the best. Is equipment. this a new? I don't know. Is this a new team or have Never they been around? It? Uh, they, I think they've been around. I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, his non-wing team just bolted wings on. Gotcha. And Ooh. and tried a new a new avenue and. And it just isn't working. So uh, they could have the best equipment. I don't know, but uh, uh, Buddy Kofoid, I know, has the best equipment and the oh, best yeah. uh, crew around him too. Yeah, doesn't definitely. he? He runs Swindell stuff too, doesn't he? Kofoid? Yeah. When no, he gets he up runs, in the wings, it's a '71 car, right? Uh, it's it's that's, uh, uh, Bernie Stubing. Bernie Stubing, Indy okay. Race parts. Yeah. And that's a beautiful car, the black yes. with the the, yellow, the blue in it. <laughs> yes, but it plain is. black car. That's yeah. even easier to install on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, a little closer to home, it was the old guys, kind of reminiscing the, the 360 days over at Eagle Raceway with the boss, Mike Boston, picking up the big win uh, Saturday night at Eagle Raceway. Uh, and world-famous Toby Chapman finished in second. His interviews second. are amazing. <laughs> Toby's? Yeah. I literally ran into Toby Saturday at the gas station here in Hickman, and he's buying ice. I thought he was going fishing. I didn't think he was going to go to a racetrack. <laughs> you but know who and then you're talking had, to? It's Toby Chapman. Of course well, he's going racing. But then you got Josh Riggins up there, too. Josh, in his interview, said that he's lost 80 pounds. Really? Because he, he's like, the guy's like, this is an old driver. So he goes, this is the only one that fits me. He's like, the car is acting so much different because of my weight loss. He goes, you don't, really? you, you don't recognize Josh anymore out there at the racetrack. If he, if he shaved his beard, he looks like JJ out there. Does he really? That, that's awesome because I could only imagine what 80 pounds center weight would do to a well, high center weight would do to a, a sprint oh, yeah. car. <clears throat> I, I like his paint scheme too. I don't know who did that, but I like that paint scheme. That's uh, Mike Peterson did yeah, yeah. Did, did, did the blue and uh, he talked him in the blue. Yeah, the blue was kind of pretty. That was one where Josh said he. Go, I go, what are we going to blue for? And he goes, well, Mike Peterson. I told him you could you can pick my color and you can pick my design of what you want on there. And and he goes, we're doing blue. And I I about fell over. I'm like, I don't think we've ever done a blue car for you. It's always red. Well, when, when he brought in, we were doing the decals on it. I go, Josh, uh, what if he picked a pick pink? He goes, well, I'm driving a pink car then. Yep, exactly. I'm pretty happy for Mike Boston. Uh, he, he was a very strong driver in the three sixties. Multi-time he just, he just track champion a, out there. He's never, fi- I don't know what he's never figured it out in the three Oh fives. And, uh, so him, for him to get that win, I, I'm, I'm happy for Mike Boston because, uh, he, he can drive a race car. Sometimes he overdrives it, but uh, he can drive a race car. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of 360s, the Malvern Bank 360s are going to be back in action 
over at I-80 Speedway just up the road in Greenwood. Um, I'm going to the race. Brad, I'm pretty sure you're heading out there. I'd be there. Yeah. Have you, did you go to the first race this year out there? Yep. Uh, I went to the first one. I didn't go to the last one because I was with a, at a track meet, but I was there at the first one. And they had a good turnout and, and a good race. Um, Terry McCarl won that one. Your favorite. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who won the last? It was uh, Dover did it, won the last yep, one. Yeah, Dover. I'm expecting 15 to 18 cars. It's not just co-sanctioned with the MSTS. Uh, and then with the price of diesel, I don't know that there we're going to get many cars from South Dakota and, and Iowa. But uh, I would expect Chris Martin and his brother, I can't remember, Corey or something, Nelson? Yeah, Martin. something like that. Um uh, Shaley Bade just got her motor back, so she'll be out there. I don't know how many cards, but I'm I'm expecting about fifteen to twenty. Does, does Ryan usually go out there? Ryan, Ryan and... is in North Carolina, so he will not be there. Yeah. but he usually is there. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I hope we get a, at least enough cars for a full field. But uh, it's going to be a beautiful night out there. So, pork fritters on the menu, and uh, going to enjoy the race. All right. So, with that being said, let's take a quick break, and we will be back with Ty Williams. Join Stars photographer B.A. and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I was I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair, and we all know Christmas is just around the corner, so I've got a couple of ideas for you. If it's a youngster that's looking to stream, maybe do a little bit of gaming, maybe a young adult that's headed to college for the first time, or an older adult that's headed back for continuing education, I have two identical HP ProBook 640 G2 laptops. These are 14-inch screens, so they're not too big, they're going to fit perfect in a backpack, and they're really, really light. They've both been upgraded to the maximum amount of RAM which is 16 gigs, and they both come with iCore 3 processors that max out at 2.3 gigahertz. These are awesome laptops. I'm really impressed with the way that they are running after the upgrades that I've done to them, and they're available right now for just $450 each. Give me a call or shoot me a text message, 402-659-5641. You can also email me at taylorcomputersandrepair.com. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. To the, I want that added. <laughs> 
shaking your head now for? I'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year. Well, so far, finger guns has meant Sam shut up. So. Yeah, that's that's not helping. I'm trying to process. Okay. Check out the Dump and Chase podcast every Wednesday on Western Reserve Radio, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listen, that like was frightening. All right, guys, welcome back to the program. Uh, coming up, we have Ty Williams. Like I said, he won that big 305 Nationals race out there at I-70 Motorsports Park. Is that what it's called, Brad? I believe so. Uh, I don't Because I know it's going to be a park because they're, they're adding a crap ton of yeah. stuff out there. They're adding a, a drag strip out there. And last time I drove that by that place, it was overgrown. Yeah, they did a ton of work. Yeah, there. it yeah. definitely looks like a beautiful facility. How far away is it from It's just from right Lincoln? outside Kansas City. Oh, that's not bad. 20 miles east. Yeah, it's like if, if you, you drove right by it when you went to out to uh, uh, Sweet Springs. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, okay. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't notice it because it was full of trees. and North side of the road. Yeah. Hey, you damn right I got to out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates. Deep I wasn't happy with me for crowding them, but shit, I want to win. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All right, joining us on the program right now is the uh, winner of the I-70 URSS uh, 305 Nationals, Ty Williams. Ty, how's it going, man? Oh, doing pretty good, man. Just uh, rolling down the road in the middle of a bad decision, I think. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I decided I would uh, buy a couple midgets for some reason, and uh, I'm starting to think I made a bad bad decision here so i don't know nothing about i don't know we're watching uh the uh the opening night of midget week out here well not technically it's not midget week but uh the opening night of the midgets out here in indiana and they're badass little race cars i think you're gonna have fun yeah yeah i think it'll be fun until i uh tear one of them up you know bang myself up a little bit but they they do they look like a lot of fun and i've always wanted to do it you know i've run one at belleville one time and uh had a blast and uh you know it's just Hell, you only live once type of deal, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to try it. So uh, Belleville, the big-ass uh, half-mile track or the uh, little infield track? Uh, well, I ran it on the big track. So I mean, that was my first time ever in a midget. So, um, I mean, it's definitely changed a lot since those days. But, I mean, yeah, hell, might as well do it, you know. So only get one shot. Definitely. So uh, let's let's go back uh, to last weekend uh, over at I-70. Uh, started on the pole. A little bit of a redemption race for you as you started on the pole last, last year and didn't quite get it done, but this year uh, you got the big check and the trophy at the end. Boy, yeah, last year, man, we backed that baby up the third, didn't we? But uh, this year, uh, <laughs> you know, we ain't gonna. We, uh, you know, we got lucky, got a good draw, and, and just uh, kind of set sail out on the front row. I mean, the track was good and tacky, and just kind of made sure I kept the thing straight, and you know, fought off a few of them restarts, and uh, you know, made the best of our situation. You kind of missed a hell of a race right behind you, but that's probably a good thing with you in the lead. But Stu Snyder and I uh, forget who they Grossenbacher. Rose, yeah, Grossenbacher. No, it no, was no. Uh, Monty Ferreira. Monty, okay. Oh, yeah, they, they put on a great race, but uh, uh, you were out in front there. I, by the way, I love your uh, your paint scheme, that bull on the side and stuff. Uh, that's pretty that's sweet. That's a pretty, pretty – I like the color scheme as well. It's pretty nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh kind of goes back to our sponsors with Steve Hilker. You know, he's kind of like the Weikert of the, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania world. He's kind of that in our world out here in southwest Kansas. And that's where all my a lot of our sponsorship and everything's come from. But, uh, yeah, about that second place race, you know, I got off and, you know, my wife called me right after the race, you know, and was talking about it. She didn't she didn't care, you know, how I did. All she was talking about was the race <laughs> for second place. So <laughs> I had to go back and. 
go back and check it out. And man, I tell you what, it, it, it had me on the edge of the seat all the way back to Oklahoma city. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a great race, man, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at first they were showing the, showing the highlights of, of the second place race. I'm like, well, Ty's got to be not that far up. And they panned out a little bit and you're, you're half a straight away, almost a straight away in the lead and you're running away with pretty it. Pretty much left them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that whole time, you know, you're out there in the lead and you keep hearing them ghost cars up on you, you know, thinking that somebody's on you. So, you know, you're always thinking they're right there on you, but, uh, yeah, I pulled, you know, when I pulled in, they said I had a pretty good lead, but hell, I thought they were right on me to be honest with you. So, because I, you know, that's the same way it felt last year. I was like cruising along thinking I was rolling good, you know, and then next thing you know, Jason showed me the bottom and drove away from me in lap traffic. So I just had, you know, thoughts of that coming back into my head and just was able to stay out front this time and uh you know bring it home yeah Dennis. so talk about this urss series that you got out there in the in the kansas oklahoma area we up here in lincoln we're big race saver guys so i we don't see the urss that much unless we go out to maybe like north platte and whatnot but you guys got a hell of a little series out there yeah you can't you can't beat it you know because you know the 360 deal around this area is kind of kind of died off and isn't as strong as it used to be back in the day and you know if you want to race all the time you only got one choice really and that's to have a 305 car and that's kind of what we're you know kind of what we do and uh you know it's gone you know it's it's grown a lot over the years you know especially as the cars have gotten faster and everybody's kind of got the stigma of the 305 kind of you know, either you know, kind of out of their thought process. You know, almost everybody. Brad, Brad, Brad over here. Brad over yeah. here. Brad's still a big three sixty guy over here. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean everybody is. Let's let's be honest. I mean, they're, they're, I mean it really is. You know, you know everybody. You know the three sixties are. You know they're faster. I mean everything four tens everything. But uh, but yeah, that that deal with the URSS is is grown into something. You know, yeah, a really good deal. Last year, it paid five thousand to just win the points championships. I mean it. it you know, you can't beat something like that in the 305 world. But, uh, I mean, they race every, all over, you know, down into Oklahoma, up into Kansas, um, uh, back in, of course, into Missouri. And sometimes they're over even in Colorado. And they get, I mean, they get a lot of really good drivers, you know, like Jake Martins, uh, Jason Martin, Zach Lurton, Jake Bubeck. I mean, Stu Snyder, Trevor, you know, a lot of those guys, everybody always comes down there and races this. You always got a lot of, you know, talent every time you show up to the racetrack and you got to race those guys. And, I always feel like sometimes the 305s are a little bit harder, you know, obviously to pass in because, you know, you can't just, you know, when somebody makes a mistake, you just can't motor on by them, you know, like you can with a 360. You got to have your timing. And I mean, everything has to be absolutely perfect to make a pass in these things sometimes. But, uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, I'm real happy with that series. It's a, it's a blast. You know, my car owner, he really supports the series. And uh, I mean, we're just going to keep on doing it, you know, for now. I mean, there's no reason to, you know, try anything else when if it ain't broke, you know, why fix it type of deal? You know, you kind of make a good point. You make 305s kind of sound like the non-wing cars. Everyone thinks that non-wing car, it's all about driver. So same thing with the 305. This, the drivers that really work hard at it seem to be the ones that kind of rise to the top. And it, it showed, I mean, you, you pretty much proved it. You've earned your, you know, how you've done it and how you went fast. It That's kind of what you're sounding like that, you know, like the non-wing cars, where it's the even playing field, you see the driver really show what they're what they're made of. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, it's it's you know everybody thinks that on a in a three hundred five you just mat it to the floor and just drive it even when it's slick. But uh, I mean, then things spin the tires just as bad as anything else, and they're hard to get hooked up just like any other race car. You know, when the track gets slick, you know, you know, and it's just like every every uh, level of sprint car racing when the track's heavy, you know. 
it's they're they're pretty simple to drive but as soon as they get slick you know it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're in a 410 305 whatever it, it's still hard to get the car you know to do the right thing hook up and go forward and pass people so so i got a question for you why 911 is your number Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. You know, that <laughs> our whole, uh, what happened was, you know, I was, I was running my own race team out of Southwest Kansas and we ended up selling our oil field company and I, I moved to Oklahoma city and I got a call from Steve Hilker one day and he wanted to create a sprint car team in memory of one of the, uh, of a kid he knew named Chris Cruz and it was a soldier and he went to war over there in Iraq and, uh, he never came back, you know, lost his life over there. And he wanted to create a memorial car, you know, to remember him and, you know, what he fought for. And, and not just him, like any soldier, you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. he, uh, he created that team and uh, asked me to be the driver and uh, kind of the rest, rest has been history ever since. You know, we've had a, had a great relationship ever since. And man, she's just been the greatest guy to drive for, you know, I mean, hands down, no doubt about it. But, and that was, a, you know, that was another thing, you know, went in on Memorial Day weekend with the Chris Cruz, you know, 911 memorial car, you know, with. It uh, couldn't get any better than that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, what I didn't know because I read your career highlights on the is it UR URSS URSS, and it said uh, on your bio page that uh, what was some highlights from your career? And it says crashing a lot. Kind of curious. Oh, man, I didn't that know was, that was the nine one one type number. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you know, now now that you mentioned that, that could that could go along with it. You know, when I wrote that bio, I think I was like in my my second year of sprint car racing. And I, I tell you what, man, I tore some shit up. So uh, sounds like midget uh, racing coming up. Oh, don't even say that. You're, I mean, we just talked about that. We just talked about how bad of a decision I think I'm making. So, but yeah, no, that, that's the real reason behind the nine one one car, you know, was to memorialize Chris and everybody and all the other soldiers that have, you know, fought protecting this badass country that we all live in. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great, great story thing. right there. So I, I'm not sure how old you are, but do you have any recollection of the original I-70 Speedway, the high banked? Were you too young for that? Oh, you know what? What's crazy is I went to school over at Kansas, University of Kansas, okay. and uh, man, I was you know playing ball there and track and all that stuff, and I, I'd always been into racing. And uh, one summer, I decided I'd go over and help this uh, late model team out when it was still asphalt over there. So okay. I went over there and helped them out in a few races. So I'd, I actually did get to lay eyes and watch a few races over there when it was asphalt you know it was a lot bigger back then you know yeah but man that, that place is dirt now and it's, it's quite the facility I, I really enjoy that place i've got to go watch the outlaws at, at i-70 when when they were racing there on the dirt and but i have yet to go see this new i-70 and i was just wondering uh, uh obviously the high banked and a half big half mile what the differences of the of the track are on tv it looks really nice uh not quite as high banked and well lit uh, it looks like they did a great job overhauling that facility they really have you know tommy's done a great job over there you know we went but we went there for the first time last year and uh man i you know i was telling our crew guys and steve and everybody it's, it's honestly one of my favorite tracks to go to it's real wide the surface gets is real racy i mean it can get it can get narrow just like everywhere you know if they got six inches of rain like we dealt with you know earlier this week but but the pit facility i mean everything about that place is 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 top notch it's gonna it's gonna be really nice you know when they do some more improvements to it I can't wait to go back. Honestly, it's, it's one that I mark on the schedule every year. Just make sure I don't want to miss it for sure. Yeah, definitely. The UR, the URSS series seems like they have a lot of big races with that I seventy race. You got your Belleville three hundred five nationals. That that seems like a pretty good payday for the three hundred five guys. It's, it just sounds like a great series all in all, and some big money races out there. 
It, re- it really is. I mean, you can't you can't beat that because you know when we first started this deal, you know, five hundred dollar to win was you know pretty good for this three hundred five deal. Now you're getting, I mean, now you're getting what I don't even remember what Belleville pays now, like ten grand or something oh, to wow. win. And Dang. and I mean, hell, I brought home you know forty seven hundred bucks there at I seventy last weekend. So I mean, the, the pays definitely stepped up in the three hundred five deal. I think you see that. I think you see a lot more guys, you know, starting to you know either racing 305s now and at least having one in their in their motor stable you know just just to be able to go race because i mean with all the rainouts and the series and the tracks are you know are getting fewer and far between it's like it's best to have one type of every motor you know if you can you know you know if you're fortunate enough to be able to do that that way you can go race anywhere and you know race anywhere and and in the country at any time you want so a good a good motor question is what motor do you have in your car Oh, I run uh, Bishop Racing Components out of Oklahoma City. Andy Schaus and Danny Schaus builds our motors up there. We used to we used to be on Myers when I lived back in Kansas, you know. But the logistics of having to haul motors, you know, over to Myers and then back to Oklahoma City and everything just kind of just made more sense for us to go with somebody local there at Oklahoma City. But he has been building our motors for the past all, four or five years and, and doing a great job for us and really takes care of us and and, and does a real good job. Well, it seems like each state kind of has their own their own guy, their own builder. That, that oh that's, yeah, that's why I was curious when I again read your bio page and saw Myers is like, of course, it's a Myers engine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, then again, yeah. His bio page is old, so it hasn't. I know. Updated I, with the new yeah, motor I can't really yet. look at that anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's kind of an older one. I think I was probably in my twenties when I wrote that thing. So. <laughs> Are, with the hot topic of shortages with tires and parts and stuff, are you experiencing any of that right now? Are you uh, uh, pretty well equipped with everything that you need, or are you experiencing some shortages, whether it's tires or engine parts or whatever? You know, the tire deal we kind of got ahead of. I think everybody, if they're fortunate enough, they kind of knew it was coming, so they kind of, you know, purchased a few, you know, here and there, and that might have actually, you know, you know, contributed to the shortage a little yeah. bit, but we're, we're okay for tires for, for now, you know, you, you know, our staggers kind of don't roll out to where we, I, you know, like them. We kind of go from like 14 inches to like 12 in, or 10 inches. So we don't have a lot of, you know, choices just because of the way the tires are being made and stuff like that, but we should be okay. I mean, we're going to have rubber, you know, whether, whether our staggers are right is another question, but we will have <laughs> tires. So if they like that marks, yeah. So if your yeah. uh, if your stagger's wrong, what can you do to the car to kind of counteract that? Oh man, I tell my guys if it's that off, just lie to me and just <laughs> you know just put me out there. But but now I mean you you can do things. You can try and blow them up, you know that kind of thing. But that it really don't work. You know, I mean, like like if us if if we got two, if we want to run some stagger, we'll go you know like stagger stagger free chassis tight or vice versa, depending on the, depending on what kind of stagger situation we're dealing with during that night. Gotcha. So, so what's coming up on on your race schedule here in the next couple of weeks? Are and then towards the end of the year, are we going to see you at Eagle Raceway for the uh, IMCA Race Saver Nationals? You know, we we always make our decision when the Eagle gets closer. I went there one year, and I think I came back with one rear end and one seat. That's Ouch. how much shit I pull yeah, up. Yeah, so, I, uh, I remember you there, and I have a photo of you upside down on on side oh, yeah, upside we, down. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I made flat out magazine that. Week, yeah, that's that that's year. The, that's the photo that was in there that I was talking about <laughs> for all the wrong yeah. reasons. <laughs> 
Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we, we definitely want to go back if we're running well, you know, if we're running not great, you know, it's kind of like, you know, don't want to waste our time. But yeah, we do we do plan on getting back to that, whether it's this year or the following year. This year has kind of been a little hectic for me because I've got a, I got a kid graduating high school and got a kid starting football. And, you know, we're from Oklahoma and, uh, and football is everything in Oklahoma. I don't know if y'all know that or not, you know, being from Nebraska. I think, we play, I think we play y'all this year, right? So, so don't, so. don't talk to Brad about football yeah. like Oklahoma and <laughs> right. Nebraska here. It's, a, it's yeah. a struggle right now. Well, for the last 15 hey, years. We're the best three in however many teams in the country, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, just no, we, the we, URSS schedule, it looks like we are going to get a chance to see you three times this year in Nebraska with uh, out there in North Platte, Fairbury, and Deschler. So, uh, we'll have to keep an eye out on the 911 car. Yep, yep. We plan on hitting those, so we should be there. Good. Definitely. So, when, when's the, the midget going to be broken out? Have you Man, even, even thought about that yet? No, I haven't. I'm just thinking about what I haven't even told my wife yet, guys. So, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We're we're gonna see. I mean, I think they have some races around I-44 and stuff. So, man, I'd like to get a little bit of seat time in before I go. You know, race a little bit. So we'll we'll, we'll see. We're gonna get back to the house, you know, and uh, go through it and and see if we need anything and just kind of make a decision there. So we'll see when we break the midget out. Definitely. Well, Ty, I want to thank you for your time this evening. Good luck in the rest of the year, and uh, hopefully we see you here at Eagle, and uh, we'll make sure I mosey on down to Jefferson County and Fairbury and check you out when you guys hit there. All right. Right on, guys. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, I Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Ty. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right. That was Ty Williams. Uh, hope he's not in too much trouble with the wife when he gets home, because uh, I can tell you what, when I was married and if I came home with a race car, well, well he said not just one midget. He said he said two, two midgets, yeah. right? Well, yeah. <laughs> Double trouble. Well, you you got to have more than one. You know what the old saying is, it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Than for permission, yeah. So, so uh, just, just go for it. Yeah, she's the wife of a race car driver. <laughs> she's got to know by now. Tolerate <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, absolutely. He sounds like a pretty good character. He sounds kind of funny, and and he's got that uh, southern draw. So, yeah, he seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah, he's, definitely. Because he's originally from Kansas. Kansas or Oklahoma, Oklahoma, something Oklahoma, like that. I, like, yeah. So, uh, up the road, up at uh, he says Speedway over the uh, weekend. Uh, it looks like they took some a little bit of storm damage. I don't know if a tornado hit her or uh, just some straight line winds, but it definitely took out the sweets up there. Yeah, uh, the way I read it, it just high winds. But uh, um, Todd Coring tweeted that the, he they had a, a tornado. But there was a driver in the camper out in the campground in the back there, and and uh, he and I can't remember because they it raced was. that night. Yeah, yeah they the did. They before. raced that night, and so it was later. And I think it was JJ Hickel. Uh, who's one of our podcast friends, uh, but uh, he heard the storm coming, so he got out of there and got a hotel. But uh, they destroyed all the buildings on the infield and the, and the, the suites up on top. Oh, so there. that's so, what the trash is on the infield. I didn't well, that and from the top. So I mean, yeah, some of it, it all goes downhill. But uh, it's they've got it all cleaned up, and they added a World of Valor race to the schedule this Sunday. So uh, it was just going to be a normal race, but they added a World of Valor race. So they're gonna they're gonna have a race in way one way or another. Yeah, definitely. So uh, hats off to those guys for getting uh, getting the uh, storm damage all cleaned up. And, uh, I mean, we lost the Memorial Day race out there, and that was it. So, I mean, if you looked at the photos on Facebook, on their Facebook page, that might have shut tracks down for the entire year. Yeah, they probably would have been done. I mean, that's a tough one to come back from. Yeah. So definitely. So, uh, Josh, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, promotions during the racing action. 
uh, some of our favorite ones. Uh, you mentioned that what Eagle does right now is, and it's not so much a promotion for what Eagle's doing right now, but you get Dan Taylor on there whenever there's a, what, a restart. It's whenever there's a restart, you hear him say, get him up, get him up, get him up, take a drink. And it's like, huh, I've never knew that was just, a thing. It's just something that, <laughs> I think it's just something to get the crowd into it. I mean, half the time, if you look at Eagle Raceway back when Mike Melby was out there and, and Rick, uh, Rick Allen, Rick Schwiegert, Sweet. For the local guys, um, <laughs> they were entertainers. They weren't race car guys. They they went oh. out there to entertain the crowd and get the crowd going. And that brings up like my favorite promotion is the old Powerballs. When you, oh, yeah. you have the guys go out there, uh, twenty however guys mini cars started the feature twenty twenty balls or whatever. Throw them out the stands, and if you get the winners, uh, the winner position, you uh, won some Powerball tickets. Yeah, you got like. 50 for, for the winner, 25 for second, and then everybody else got like five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that, I mean that's, a, that's, uh, that's a promotion that I always remember that I liked out there. Uh, did you have any when you were younger, Brad? Uh, it was all pretty much the same type of stuff, the Frisbees, the, the Powerballs. And, man, what people do for a, for a Powerball or a Frisbee, they'll dive over two or three rows on top they'll of kids. They'll take out a little kid. They'll, yeah, they'll move the little kid yeah. out of the way. Yeah, I think just anything to get a little bit of fan interaction and get some excitement in the air. I, I'm all for it. Uh, some of the traditionalists think it's a waste of time and not necessary, but uh, in today's world with the kids and stuff, you got to you got to keep the kids involved and you got to keep them entertained. That's just a way yeah. to 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 get the excitement out there. I think I don't think it's a bad deal. Well, because even Knoxville, I think this week is the candy candy pickup. Candy yeah. pickup. Yeah, I, mean, I took my daughter Lila when she was little out to Eagle. And that's the only thing she really remembers from Eagle is the time she got to get candy on the French dress. Yeah, the, the candy, the bike giveaways out there at Eagle. Yep. That's a that's a huge huge deal. Do out they there still for, do that out at Eagle. Yeah, they give out hundred and some odd bikes a year out there at Eagle. So I mean, that's still, still. a huge deal out there for those kids. Yeah, I, the funny thing why I brought that up was because back in the day, Knoxville would have this one where it was like, look up, look up, look up. It's Red Baron, and then it'd be like a free pizza for whatever row, and it was like, huh. And so whenever we go to Knoxville. Casey's pizza. It's Casey's now. Casey's pizza. <laughs> but no, I always think the promotions help. I mean, it's just like minor league baseball. Who's going to go to a minor league baseball game? Well, you go to watch the funny things they do in between the innings or Savannah like Bananas. Go check them out. <laughs> Those look pretty cool. Those look like they'd be fun. But you fun. know, Kendra Jacobs, when she was with Knoxville, she said that she would go to um, minor league games just to get promotional ideas because they yeah. do a great job with promoting there. And, and so she's got a lot of things out of minor league baseball to, to, to bring to Knoxville. Yeah, I think Roger's done quite a bit of stuff to keep the fans entertained. Uh, I think the biggest thing Roger's done is actually kept everything on time and run, run a tight ship out there. What time does it end up getting over? About 10 o'clock. Well, see, and I think that's what the Kaziskis do at I-80. They, there's no breaks. Uh, I mean, the only time they'll take a break is if they feel like they're on schedule and things are going smoothly. But for the most part, it's it's off the track and on the track, and they, they just keep racing going. And you don't – I used to be one of those guys where, hell, if I'm there until 1 or 2 in the morning – that's fine with me because I I'm here. I paid to get in. I want to watch. There's race. more racing for me. Stretches your dollar. Now that I've gotten older, it's like let's be done by ten ten thirty and let's get the heck out of there and get home. Let's watch so, competitive racing. Yeah, like yeah. So I, I'm all for 
quick and efficient racing and get in and get out. And, and Kaziski's do a great job because they'll have five or six classes of cars and they'll still be done by 10, 10 30. So, uh, I applaud uh, And Roger does that. I, I, I don't go out to Eagle and everybody knows that, but, uh, from, well, from you what should I, be either Brad. So from, <laughs> from what I see, uh, he does, uh, runs at a really efficient program as well. So, uh, they are, they're, they're taking care of the, the business they need to, to get the, the fans in and out of there. Brad, go, it, Brad goes to Eagle. He'll become a stock car fan. Cause those, I am saying oh, stock cars. He already told me he's already watching late models. Yeah. Late models are becoming more and more interesting all the time. Jason told you how many times last year did Jason <laughs> tell you those late models pretty damn good, Brad. When I go out to I-80, they, they put on a pretty damn good show. Yeah, the stock car, the IMCA stock cars out there at Eagle is the, by far the best class. Well, the modif- I can't say it loud, but the modified used to be fun to watch. When, those, when you had a lot of the big heavy hitters back in the day, it was fun when it, when it was just like modifieds and sprint cars, I think, on a Saturday night. The best days ever. Yeah, and then you put everything else on on Friday, and it was just, you know, you, you got to watch the competitiveness of both classes of 360s and the Modifieds. Mm. Or Doug Dieterding. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Dieterding, Mikey Myers, uh, John Schwartz out there. Oh, yeah. So... When they when they race and, and and they have a good night and everybody stays facing forward, they do usually put on a pretty good show. But uh, some of them get put on the spin cycle, and I don't know. It just they just drag out a program. So uh, it's, hey, uh, our you know, but our sprint cars, cars can do the same. Oh, yeah. they, they, they sure can. But I'm more tolerant of those. So <laughs> well, I went to Butler County one time, and I was in the stands, and you know I consider that kind of stock car country, and it's. They would get more mad when a sprint car had to be pushed off. Oh, taking up too much damn time. It takes five minutes to get that thing going. It's like it took you twenty minutes to get one green flag lap in your cars, guys. (laughs) And they still didn't come back with all their parts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we wrap things up, uh, I got one more thing. Yeah. Before we wrap things up, what what else do we got going on? Well, I don't know if you guys seen this, but uh, Thomas Kennedy Jr. finally got out of Canada. Uh, he hasn't raced for like Do the mountainies know 22 months. What <laughs> did the mountainies know? <laughs> uh, that's the rest of the story. Uh, <laughs> he got chased down. <laughs> he, he ran at uh, River Cities on Friday and won that won. race, actually. And I believe he went to Knoxville and he said that uh, he tweeted that he was out to lunch there, that he's he's got a lot to figure out for Knoxville. But uh, on his way home, he tweeted that uh, he received a huge welcome back into his country, being Canada. Uh, he got a $10,000 fine for not complying with the government. Oh, um, I would have just stayed. He's, he is uh, anti-masks and doesn't believe in the COVID stuff. And so, um, I mean, he, he's, from my understanding, he's followed the rules for the most part. But for whatever reason, he, he got into the United States this last weekend. and I would have stayed and, here at Fargo. They got yeah. places to rent. There's stops well, available. He, he has a Feels pretty, like Canada. He has a pretty Damn near close enough to Canada. he's got to take care of. So he can't be gone for a, a long time. Hey, but, if we haven't learned but, anything, you can do everything remotely now. Yeah. Pretty much, except for lay carpet, and uh, he's got a big carpet business. So, Uh, but he he got fined ten k for whatever he violated, and I have no idea what he violated, but he violated something that warrant a how much? How much did he win on uh, at River Cities? Like five grand, maybe. So there's half your fine. I would say probably three three grand. That's that's rough. I mean, I can imagine that. You you wonder though, how does Skylar Gee get to race here? Skylar I don't G think he's left the here. United States. That's though. the thing. I I don't think he goes back and forth like Thomas and some of these other guys do. Well, James McFadden, right? He, he Australian. He, he had almost a half a year where he couldn't yeah. race. Yeah, definitely. So uh, looks like this midget race. We got some uh, 
the cars from Millbridge. We got Brexton uh, Bush racing right now, and we got Owen oh, yeah, was is. in the race before this. So you got Larson and Bush out there too. Just let him jump in the midget. Why not? I don't know, Josh. <laughs> I can't get into watching these eight-year-olds race. Oh, it is hilarious do. watching them. I mean, they, they get lined up. It's like a little kid. You know, they start them in the back stretch, and they line them up, and then they just pound on each other before they get to the – Thing and you just saw Braxton future midget races right there, just pounding <laughs> on each other. But oh, spun out. But uh, no, uh, one thing I did want to bring up is that Choo Choo won a feature. I think I need to get a Choo Choo uh, train sound effect for as much as you bring this kid up. Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> is that my Wheeler guy? Too? <laughs> no, but he he definitely. I mean, he had some speed. He didn't like. He started in the front. He started in the second row, and he went to the front. <laughs> But then he got humbled. He went back to Eagle, and he was in the B features. So that's that's kind of a different story. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you know, that's Eagle's one thing, one thing is that you're going to learn real quick. I listened oh, to yeah. your guys' podcast last week and had Stu Snyder on there. I was thinking one question that I would like to have asked him is: He races a Donaldson, uh, Dennison, uh, Dennison on Friday, Friday and then he races Eagle. How much work does he have to? make to the car to switch it over to, to, to the Eagle track. Well, if you look at Cole, man, he's running Denison, uh, Eagle, then he goes up to Houston. Houston. So, I, I mean, everybody supposedly has this, the basic setup, but what kind of – does he have to change bars? I'm sure he does, but – uh, I talked to Stu a little bit, and it was just changing. I think it was a bar or a gear, and that was it between That's the two it. tracks. Well, because you see him at, a, at Houston, and it's he, – he's definitely – those guys are pretty tough. And Eagle – if he starts in the front, he, he pretty much stays around there, maybe a top 10. But it seems like Denison, it's it's more of, I wouldn't say kind of a rookie class, but it's a great way to start and kind of get your wheel, your laps in. But, yeah. All right, definitely. So before we go, plans for the weekends, boys. Uh, Brad, you and I are going racing. I-80 on Friday and uh, pretty much open the rest of the weekend. So I-80 Friday, going out to Eagle Saturday night, taking in some more 305 action, the best class in the, in the state of Nebraska, boys. I'll, I'll watch it on Sunday. <laughs> I watch the, oh, replay. the replay. <laughs> Josh is one of these guys that streams everything. So Hey, Brad hey. got to see the man cave for the first time. Well, yeah. when, you, when, when you have to sit down here. When you have <laughs> access to over 30 races a night. I did tell Brad, I go, that's the one thing great about my wife is that she, she sets me up with all this stuff. I think it's just to keep me home so I'm not at, at the racetrack and whatnot. But yeah. I don't see anything wrong with your setup right here. <laughs> Definitely. So, all right, boys, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, thanks for listening to Quick Time, the podcast. See you. Peace.